Fox Studios. You're listening to the 21st episode of In the Green Room, a podcast brought to you by the Art Phoenix Podcast Network here in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Stephanie, your host, and this week our guest is Mr. Dave Ada, the bass player that I love and know. We've shared a lot of green rooms in the past. We've shared some festival stages and backstage areas in the past, and most recently in life. I'm just I'm just trying to hang out with Dave Moore, as you'll hear us talk about, and I just bumped the microphone. That's how excited I am about our hang that happened in real life after we talked about it in the show. You'll hear us. Um, also, one thing to highlight, May 31st, the Underbelly Hours presents The Darling Sons, Prequilibrium, and Captain Coopersmith live at the Pheasant Run Resort. The doors are at 7.30, show is at 8. $15 tickets, there's a ticket link on Facebook. Find it, and uh, I'll see you later. Episode 21 in the green room. Thanks for listening. Oh, I know. Where's the <laughs> She's the best thing to have in She's a, a green sweetie. room. Um, I'm sitting here today with Dave Ada. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hello. <laughs> and we actually uh, we met in a in a green room, I believe. Did we? I was, I saw you perform, and then I was like, oh, I'm gonna go wait in the green room now. <laughs> Where was that? I was either it was either Nelly's or or like a backstage at a festival or something. I, I think it was backstage. I was at a thinking, when did I meet? I thought the well, the first time I said hello to you, we were playing some. Uh, it was some like pavilion in Palatine. Yes, you were with uh, I believe yes, don't, speak, don't speak right, and then there were, there's that little like weird ramp behind her. Yeah, and I, I specifically know where I said hello to you and Adam for the first time, so really? that's where I remember it. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. I, I was I remember my makeup for that show. I, I was really proud of it. <laughs> that's a sentence I have said once. I've had to wear makeup once to a show. What what show is that? I subbed in the hairband night once, like um, was it a year. You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, like a year <laughs> or in change ago, I don't remember. Yeah. But I was in um, where was uh, in Indiana? I can't think of a place. But Vogue. No, no, no. It was some Fort Wayne. <laughs> We're just gonna rattle off Indiana cities. <laughs> that's all I know. <laughs> I want to say Janesville, but that's in Wisconsin. I can't think of it. But anyway, so I wanted to do it right. I like it's, it's a hair metal band. Yeah. Nothing about me says hair metal. So, and I'm subbing for uh, you know the guy that lives the gimmick. And so I ask him what should I wear, and I don't own like Metallica shirts or nothing. I tend to be <laughs> fairly monochromatic. This is actually the yeah. only shirt I own. But it's pirates. It's a Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, I was in Pittsburgh. I'm like, this looks cool. I'll buy it. But um, I had Joan Jet pants on. Like they were the Joan Jet line of yes. pants, and they were these red, like not I don't know fabrics. I always say velvet, but it wasn't some something tight. Made me feel really safe and comfortable. Right, it just felt really good. And then I had like a cut off sleeve. I borrowed like a Metallica shirt. Velvet. And then I had like a bandana on. And then the wow. singer. Andrew is putting, he put eyeliner on me. I, I dig it. Yeah. It, that stuff is so hard to get off. It's hard to get off. For yeah. like a week, I'm wearing, I'm at the gym. I'm it's just like, like in eyeliner. I feel, it's like that scene in Rockstar when yes. he goes, <laughs> when he goes to work. You wearing makeup? I'm in a band. I'm in a band. Yeah. Yeah. That was you. <laughs> so that was, that's my only makeup story. I like that. I yeah. love, you know, I, I, I can see it now though. Like yeah. you an eyeliner. If, if I had met you an eyeliner, I'm, I don't know, would I still be married? Yeah. <laughs> hey, <Hey-o>. hey, <laughs> um, that's me in the green. So I have this green room personality that has been like, not, not just podcast green room, but like over the past like year or so, one of my bandmates like called me out. He was like, you're a fucking flirt. <laughs> and I was like, 
Well, you got to bring that out on stage because sure. every like you, we have to be alive, right? You know, and like, and there's there's actually a book called Everybody Flirts, and it just like makes people feel good. Sure. And I guess I feel amazing when I do that, and I bring that right on that confidence, like right up on stage with me, and now everyone's just totally like. I don't know. You're not wrong to no. do it. You're, I mean, you got to put butts in the seats and have a good time right. and engage with the crowd. Yeah. I would argue that's better than the opposite, which is ignoring the crowd entirely. I'm sure right. you've seen your fair amount of bands who are, hey, we're too cool for school. We're up here. We're awesome yeah. players, but you're not putting on a show. And the slightest, you're not engaging with the crowd. I don't care how well you play your stuff. I'm not coming to see you again because you're over there. You don't care about me. No, not at all. <laughs> and the purpose of what we do every weekend is to keep drunk people happy and singing. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. if they don't feel like they're, they, they can at least be potentially a part of it, then what's the point of them coming back? They can just go elsewhere. They can go to a karaoke bar yeah. and definitely be a part of it because yeah. they're the ones singing. So that's yeah. just something I see lately and it's been bothering me. With just, just bands in general, like, because um, with the first couple months, while I have weekends off, I often find myself at bars anyway, mm -hmm. <laughs> just like going to see friends or something like that. Or uh, I'll try different bands out and sometimes I'll go see bands and it's just like song done, song done, song done. Like not really a show. And yeah. there's so many missed opportunities with, especially in Chicago, uh, to stand up on the shoulders of people, you know, of, of your peers, I guess you would say. Some bands that do it really, really well like you, you look at your tough curls and you look at you yeah. know, 16 candles like they are just a show a, a show a show a show and they're not doing like they're killers they're killer players but they're not doing anything that no one else can't do to a degree show wise they're just really engaging tough curls they're socials yeah that's it they made yeah. a social a gimmick and they just turned the lights on and off and everybody yeah. remembers them for that <laughs> and i was like why like band x why can't you just i don't know yeah. involve me a little bit yeah like i i feel like that when i go see shows i'm like hey i'm here like mm -hmm. i i spent whatever money at the door or whatever money like in advance and mm -hmm. and like, i just like i want to be be good like i go to feel a part of something right yeah but like i do have a really well, dave plays bass by the way we haven't said that no yet. no they don't know anything <laughs> they don't know about anything about you at all <laughs> um but i do have a friend that plays plays bass um, and I saw his original band years and years ago, and he actually didn't look at the audience, but he was so invested in, in the songs, and, mm -hmm. and, and his bass lines are beautiful and, sure. and melodic and do so much more than playing the root notes. And um, I would watch him again and again and again, because even though he wasn't addressing the audience, he was still sharing so much of him on stage. Sure. So he was still like, there's still that component mm -hmm. to it and I, I appreciated that too yeah there's that too if you're yeah if you're being entertaining be yeah. entertaining in your own right yeah but just be aware that you're not in your room right. by yourself you know, there's a room full of people that want right. to have fun too so. like he wasn't boring to watch but. right yeah so Dave plays bass I play bass anything I else I pretend to do other stuff like I I have my acoustic at home I'll break that out once in a while um, I'm supposed to learn drums for the for, so I'm in a Motown band. Uh, it's called Motown Nation. Plug, plug, plug. Motown Nation. MotownNation.com. And uh, I, I'm supposed to be learning drums because the drummer is a badass singer. He's like a he, he plays like acoustic on the like just him, Chris James. Chris, plug for Chris. Um, 
and uh, he does like singer songwriter stuff, uh, and um, but he's, he drums in the band, so we want to do a thing where we move him like to the kind of the front mic just for the visual, but we need someone yeah. to drum, and so I'm like, that sounds fun, so I have to like learn, but it's like a Motown song. I'm not learning like a right, you know, a, in a, a rush, sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got to learn that. I've been, I wish I learned how to play piano 20 years ago. I have one set up in my room. It just mm-hmm. kind of collects laundry. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> that's uh, so sad. I, I, it's terrible. I look at it all the time. I go, one day, buddy, <laughs> we'll get around to it one day. It's so funny to me that like string string players like, want to learn to play piano. I'm like, well, look at it. Mm-hmm. All the notes are actually right in front of you. Right. You don't have to figure anything out. Like I look at the strings, you mm-hmm. like the ukulele right there, and I'm like. I know that this is a C chord, but I have no idea why me putting my finger right here makes a C chord. I think it's the orientation of the wrist. I think it's just too much of a leap to turn your hand upside down. <laughs> so, and down. Yeah. But my hands, my palms, I can't play with the back of my hand. There's a lot of visuals for the podcast. Yeah, I shouldn't be doing. I know. He's, he's doing that. If you know Hamlet, he's like, what? Yeah. Stella. Yeah, Stella. That's a better one. Stella. But, uh, What's that? Streetcar? Is... Yeah. Yes. Yes. Is it? I should know that. I think it's Streetcar Named Desire. I've had a musical yeah. kick like the last two years, so I feel like I should know really? that. Really? Yeah. Let's, talk, let's uh, talk about musicals. Let's talk about musicals. Yeah. <laughs> I get... Um, uh, so when I'm listening... So people... I don't know if they ask you, like, what kind of music do you listen to? Do you have an answer for that? It's hard. Right? Because a lot of the times, the only thing I'm listening to is what I'm working on to learn or what I'm teaching to mm-hmm. in my day job. And so a lot of the times I'm like, if I'm not listening to something, it's quiet. Right. But I grew up on theater, jazz, and mm-hmm. like that type of stuff. Okay. But I don't know that that would be my favorite type of music. Hmm. It's really hard to have an answer. Yeah, so you're, you're in the same boat as I yeah. am. Yeah. When I'm at like, oh, what do you listen to? Now, because I play in... So I'm full-time in the Motown band, MotownNation.com. Uh, <laughs> I play in a country band uh, with oh, that's right. yeah, with Scott Dubose. We're called Scott Dubose and the 101 Ranch. Is that not the most criminally country? It's name? very country. Right? Um, Scott's been doing it for longer. I think he's been playing country covers longer than anyone in Chicago. Right? Man. He's been there forever, and he's got a badass voice, and the band is so damn good. And... Uh, so I do that uh, full. So those are my two full-time ones. But then I sub in the boy band night, which I did last night. Uh, I sub uh, very, again, once in a great while with the hair band night. Um, there's another band called Raise Your Glass that I sub in. Oh, fun. Yeah. And then there's like two or three like here. Like I've done one-offs or been asked to do one-offs. And um, so I'm constantly learning. I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm constantly learning yeah. stuff. And... I uh, I can't. I've seen the man behind the curtain, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So I can't sit there and enjoy those songs to the degree I want to. Yeah. Because I'm always like, oh wait, I, I didn't catch that when I was learning it. What's that little walk or that little run he's doing there? So I have to completely remove myself. And the way I've remedied that is I'll listen to something I know I can't play ever live. So I went to musicals. So. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like, I'm never going to play a Hamilton song live, right? <laughs> Tough Curls does, but I'm never going to be into... I can't pull those short shorts off. I've seen off. them do like Les Mis. They're they freaks. I love it. They do, what is it, DuckTale? When I saw them, they did DuckTales, Les Mis, and then like Hall & Oats in that order. It's great. Oh, they're, they're, they're the best. Um, 
I have a, they're like my man crush yeah. cover band. I love those guys. But uh, yeah, so I, I'll, when I'm driving, Hamilton, I was on a Dear Evan Hansen kick for a while. I, like I just got off in a uplift. Vita kit. Oh, uh, oh kick. Yeah. really? Yeah. The original cast recording or the movie? Yep. Soundtrack? So I was doing the Broadway one for a while with okay. Rick, Ricky Martin was in that one. Okay, but then I'm like, arrival. oh, let's go to the movie one. Uh, and there's... It's a more like popified version, yeah. And they cut out a lot of like um, thematic stuff. There's like not near. There's no motifs in it, right? Yeah. It's just for to enjoy it. Like, oh, it's a soundtrack. It is what yeah. it is. But um, so I was on that for a while, and um, you know, I rotate in and out of different ones. But I'm off that kick now, so now we have nothing oh, to listen to. I want you to listen to <laughs> Jekyll and Hyde next. Okay. I want. <laughs> and there's a couple different recordings. There's like the pre-Broadway. Recording that was like, well, we don't have a CD, but it was like, it was like two CDs. Mm. <laughs> this is how long it's been since I've been like in my musical discography stage. Um, the two CDs of the Jekyll and Hyde, and then like the the Broadway and the, the touring album also was very, very, very good. But I spent many an hour sitting at my piano in high school, learning intros to songs and like making my sister sing duets with me, or like being like, "Daddy, can you come sing this with me?" You know. <laughs> I don't know. I'll, no, it's, I, 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 I'm, I'm mentally putting it. I'm like, I put it in your. Uh... Yeah, Jekyll and Hyde. Okay. On the yeah. way home, There's a part in there that. Well, do you sing? I yeah. So. You sound like a singer. I do. Oh, I do. You do. Oh, you do I? You do. A <laughs> very white voice. I'm yeah. congested today, but I could do all the all the low stuff. But um, no. So I don't sing. I do in Motown. Which is, that should be the band I should sing in, right? Because yeah. it's 19-part harmonies, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, Mike, the keyboard player, kind of like, or he teaches music. I'm so impressed every time I'm around him. Like, he just, orca- he plays in that band. Um, he plays keys and he plays trumpet. And he has an arsenal of tambourines that he plays. And oh, he's yeah. like, he's the music teacher. So he's like in his element, right? Mm-hmm. So he's directing and stuff. And... He's always thrown out, hey, do that part, do that part, do that. And it's so fun to watch, right? That yeah. I'm like, oh, I never asked what I'm supposed to say. Like, <laughs> and me? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll try to sneak it in like a practice. I'm like, oh, you're doing that? Yeah, I'll just do that too, right? I'll just try to like double something that someone's doing. Um, <laughs> you're doing that? Yeah. That sounds, I can do that. I can pull that off. Or if not, I can just pull away. Or, but even at practice, I'm like, I don't need a mic. <laughs> I'll just I'll just do it when I get live. In uh, the country man, I sing all... The like higher stuff. Yeah. When I have just, to. You speak like a tenor. Hey. You do. Is it, I'm gonna take that as a good thing. It is. Um, well, I think I said I've said before like I love, I love being around tenors because I feel like our voices are just like this, mm. and so automatically I feel like I'm with like one of my people. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah. We're tenors. <laughs> Not niners. We're tenors. Dad jokes. Hey on. Hey yo. Hey. Um. No, I used uh, when I was in boy band, I used to sing all the time too. Um, we, I mean, there were a lot. There was a lot going yeah. on in that. Um, so yeah, I'll sing. I don't mind singing. I like it. <laughs> I don't like attention, which is a weird thing okay. to say being in all these cover bands, right? Yeah. So if they're like, "Oh, take a solo," no, I'm not taking a solo. <laughs> no, I don't want attention. <laughs> I had to do one of those last night because it's built into the show. Boy band, it's like, give it up for. We're playing what's that Timberlake song? Um. Sunshine in my pocket song. Can't stop the feeling. Oh, uh-huh. And boom, 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 bo
a monster. He just I, he sits in the pocket so goddamn hard. So I'm like, oh, I just want to sit and stand next to you and, and just enjoy this. But I got to go out in front and make a stupid face. And, <laughs> and I'm like, is this over yet? This <laughs> is me. Right? Um, but yeah, I, I like to, what's the, it's the, you're only as good as the people around you. Mm-hmm. So like I do, like I'll try to highlight or like throw fingers or, you know, something at everybody around me to yeah. highlight them. Um, and if I'm the weakest member on the stage at that, you know, performance level, then cool. Then the show's going well. Because I'm pretty confident in how I come across, but like I want to make sure, not that it, like I'm the end all be all voice of that, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. I want to make sure everyone's getting their moment in the sun, so to speak. And I want me to be like, I don't know, sunset. Like yeah. I'll be over here, you guys do all that. I yeah. want you to look like a million dollars. It's like the true, like the backbone, like the bass player is the backbone of a band. Yeah. And that's that. You're like in there and then you're like, here, you are my arms. Totally. And I, my hand can throw and I'm going to throw you guys out in the spotlight. Absolutely. That's where we should be. Especially in the country band, we have goddamn killers on the guitar so zach who i'm sure he'll come up again when we talk about past stuff but so we have zach and ken and they both are luthiers they build guitars for a living at third coast guitar repair another oh, plug yeah i love third coast everybody no, yeah once you bring yeah, it up yeah adam's so, bass has been there a few times i think he's met zach like i know he's ducked in so. zach's uh he probably has mentioned it probably zach you probably mentioned it right <laughs> he's nodding along Depending he's listening to it, he probably won't listen. Zach, I'm on a podcast. I don't care. But uh, I know that's why I like I don't know who <laughs> listens. Mm-hmm. I don't. Like I see the numbers and and Andy at Art Phoenix that my 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 uh, network my net <laughs> <laughs> my network leader uh-huh. tells me the numbers and they're great. But I don't know who they are. Sure. I, mean, I knew you you were like, hey, I listen and oh, this I is fun. Wish you- and I was like, Oh my god, you do? <laughs> If it weren't for the numbers, I would have thought you were the only one. Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was on the stairs. Yeah, I was running the stairs. You know Swallow Cliff? You ever go there? No. So it's a decommissioned toboggan hill. Uh, oh, down in like Brookfield? It's or Yeah, yeah. What there? I don't even Someone know. Someone was just telling me about these. It's off like Calsag and like LaGrange. We should go. Oh, I go twice a week. We'll oh go. My God. Yeah, I want to go. Totally. I'm like um, run up and down them. Oh, see how many times I can do it. It's 10 stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah see how many times it's 10 stories of like odd oddly sized stairs so um oh, so it's unpredictable so yeah and like sometimes it peaks like in different spots and it, like, like i said it used to be a toboggan hill and i remember going there when i was a kid and like i think the trick our parents had on us was like oh yeah we'll go to the toboggan hill and you got to drag that goddamn toboggan up and it's not like a sled it's a toboggan it's as big as eight men right so <laughs> you're, you're dragging it up and you go down once and you're like all right let's go again and we're like no let's go home and my folks Good. are like done <laughs> done <laughs> easy <He's> tired <laughs> 10 stories but now people run so they put big boulders and you can't slide down it anymore but people go there and just run, run up and down. Mm-hmm. And you see like firemen with like weighted vests on and backpacks full of whatever. Cool. And there's, uh, it's fun, man. It's a really fun workout. So I try to not listen to music while I run because then my feet go to the BPMs. Yeah. And if I'm, if I don't match that perfectly with how I run, uh, my like stride is off. Right. Yeah. If that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. So I don't I, listen to music when I run. No, Unless I'm like learning something and I'm like just on a treadmill. Yeah. And I can kind of zone out and just like. Yes. Pay, but I'm working so much on like speed training and like really trying to get my pacing up mm-hmm. that I like I can't listen to music and like headphones just fall out. And I like, I love the sound of feet and I, I love when I can like count my breath. So like feel that. And also like when I'm running with people or like outside, like right. those sounds are 
great. Right. It's very human. And and worrying about something electronic on my head, falling out of my ears, just like takes me out of it. I agree with that. 100%. (laughs) I went through, oh, how many pairs of wireless headphones did I go through? I tried Beats. I tried the the Bose ones. And then after a while, I'm like, my brother actually told me, he's like, hey, you have an Apple phone. Get the Apple headphones made for the apple phone stupid yeah but you're like but are they made for my ears though like that's he sh- he showed me these little silicone things that you can get for like five bucks on amazon and they cool. stick you can't even feel them they're in your ears that's awesome yeah we'll talk about that yeah, offline well, yeah, they're that's not boring they're, they're not sponsoring <laughs> so they don't get a plug yeah they don't get a plug no, they don't get a plug i do have like you know i sing now with in-ear monitors which has changed my life as a vocalist mm-hmm. um and like Wait, like I, I would wake up and feel more beat up because of having like a cymbal head. Right. You know, like I would just be full of like drum and like woom, and like ringing. Mm-hmm. And now I wake up and I feel like a normal human again. But my ears are like tired, like inside my ears are just tired. So it's also hard to wear headphones for that. Tired from what? From like having, yeah, just, you're, you're not like, used to them in there? Yeah, they're like in there. So okay. they don't, like I, you know how active I am on stage. A little bit. A little bit. Just a little bit. So they're like a little bit deeper in my canal so they can't fall out. Sure. No matter what oh, so you got good ones. I have good, yeah, yeah. I have good ones. You have good ones. I like, I have a nice husband that for Christmas was like, here's an appointment. And he put, he put appointment in my calendar and I was like, guys, make me go to the dentist. <laughs> That's the first thing I would do. I was like, I was like, and it wasn't, it was at, it was in between Christmas and new year. And I was like, Oh God, this is when the dentist is like, you know, he's like, he has a friends and family discount at a dentist, you know? And I was like, I don't need to go. It's fine. I'm really good. I brush thoroughly and I just like, I don't, I don't see any cavities. I'm fine. Were you saying this to him or yourself? <laughs> Everyone. He's <laughs> trying to convince I'm everybody. Fine. But, it was, yeah. Yeah. but it wasn't dentist. It was Sensophon. I, I, you know, I will plug Sensophonics because my, I, I saw like a doctor, like an ear doctor, an, sure. an, audi- an audiologist. And she. Wait, well, I'm sorry. What? An audiologist. Audi. Audi. A-U-D-I. An otter. She was an otterologist. Otter? An otter? <laughs> Otter, I'm having a hard time talking today. You asked um, me if I can't say certain you know, words. I got a hard time with otter. So, <laughs> I, well, I can talk about words all the time, sure. just because it's because I have to speak on stage. But as you know, as a bass player, you don't really have to worry about that. But then you mentioned a linguistics textbook. Oh and yeah, then I, was I used like, to be an English teacher. I don't think that I ever knew this. Yeah, I so I was a high school English teacher very briefly, and yeah. then. Um, the uh, economy collapsed. It was like I was a teacher back in 08 when the housing market crash happened, and the, the district I was in um, was they, a lot of McMansions right mm-hmm. in the area. So a lot of people who had no business buying those houses bought them on these really. We- so uh, what's the movie where uh, Steve Carell? It's about the economy collapse. It's Steve Carell, Brad Pitt. You know what I'm talking know. about? I don't know. It's Margot Robbie's in it. Uh, uh, who's the chef? Oh, the sh- long short? No. Yes, uh, the, the the big short. The big short. The big short, yeah. So that movie kind of like summed up why I'm not teaching anymore. And then it became uh-huh. impossible to like find a teaching gig. So I've had to pivot nine times in the last 10 years or whatever. Um, but yeah. I think I we to, met in one of the other pivots. We met, oh, we met pivot. in pivot like seven. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've done some things. But uh, yeah, I, I like language. I'm obsessed with stand-up comedy like and i got into it because of george carlin and he was so freaking precise with what he said i got lucky to see him right before he died me and my buddy sam drove up to green bay um sam's in a band called dirty little something 
Ooh. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. Are they a good. punk band? It sounds no, like No, they, they, they're like Queen and they're like Foxy, Shaz- Foxy Shazam. Nice. Yeah. Oh, they're freaking great. They don't get together that often, but like Sam's badass bass player, right? So, uh, but anyway, Sam and I went to see Carlin in Green Bay. And when you watch George Carlin on like a special, he's every word, every breath is meaningful, right? Yeah. He's planned that out to the nines. You go see him up there. He comes out. And he's got a table full of papers and he said, hey, if anyone has never seen me before, this might be a little weird for you. I'm getting ready for my upcoming HBO special. So I might be a little choppy on some things and working some things out. So if if, uh, if you were expecting that, I'm so sorry. But in the event you're willing to hang out with me, then we're going to have a good time. And on that note, fuck Tiger Woods, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is the first line of his last special, right? So it was really cool to watch a guy like a master, the master, work out his craft. Like, oh, this isn't yeah. perfect out of the gate, right? So that's actually why I don't like going to see stand-up comedy now live because they're working it out. Mm-hmm. They're working to get to a special. Yeah. Right? So I That's heard, really special though to be part oh, totally, of someone's process. Totally. In in little rooms, sure, but like now that like these big guys are playing the like Tom Segura is playing the Chicago, Chicago Theater, Theater and Bill yeah. Burr and stuff. I don't and need to go to the Chicago Theater to see a comedian. I saw Rogan there. Joe Rogan really? and uh Brian Callen and uh Joey Diaz and uh, Duncan Trussell, I, I, I'm combining two shows now, but I was like, okay, this is a thing. This is fine. Like going to those 200 seat rooms though, those are the, those are mm-hmm. where it's at. Those are yeah. fun ones. But, uh, yeah. So that's where I started. I'm like, oh, language is fun. Look what he's doing with it. And then I, I keep a really close eye on, uh, how I come across verbally, uh, making sure your economy awards is on point, get to the point quickly, eliminate Ah. likes and ums. And when I taught and kids would give speeches, I shouldn't, it's been long enough, but like, oh, you have to give a speech. And I never listened to what they said. Like in certain, I I didn't listen to the speech. I would count how many times they said like, um, uh, shit like that. (laughs) And I would grade them on that. Right. So, so yeah, I also like language. I need that. Yes. That's really cool. So, okay. So. George Carlin yeah. had to have been an early influence on you. Oh, big, because uh, I didn't find him until college. Okay. Yeah. Wow. What yeah. were your early influences then? Like a performer that made you think, this is awesome. I yeah. have to do this. Grew up with, I mean, this is a stocking. I'm sure you get this every podcast. I grew up with music in the house quite a bit. So. <laughs> Some people didn't. They were like the weird the weird family member. And they're like, oh, they're the oh, black sheep. Yeah. Wow. Like musicians are so special and it, it hurts me when I'm like, what? You're not weird. Because you know? <laughs> my house is also full of music all the right. time. But Well, you so. grew up, like you said, you grew up with piano and making yeah. your dad. Yeah, and we're choir, chorus. Am I, am I Jekyll or Hyde today? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I slept wrong. Can I be Hyde? Um, <laughs> or Mark and Mimi and Roger from Rent. And... Rent, that's another one. Uh, yeah. I know the, I know like two songs from Rent. One guy sounds like Dracula on the sound, on the podcast, on the soundtrack, and I can't get over it. With the original Broadway one? No, the one that Rosario the... Dawson was in. Oh, the. Is there one before the that? That's that was the movie recording. Okay. The original Broadway album is amazing. I might be mixing it, up. That's actually part of who, why I am, who I am. Okay. Oh, from Rent? Yeah, Rent, all of Rent. Yeah, sixth grade, my uncle gave it to me for Christmas, and that was nonstop. That same, so Christmas '97, uh-huh. spring break, a couple months later, so now we're into '98. Right. My mom put me and my sister on a Greyhound bus to Chicago because he was in Chicago studying to be a psychologist. Okay. He was in grad school, and uh, the Angel, the first touring cast of Rent, was sitting down at the. It used to be the Schubert Theater, and now it's the Bank of Banks Theater, or whatever. What is it? It's the C. <laughs> 
Is it the CIBC Theater? Now? I think it's where Hamilton. It's where Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, and and they they we saw that we had like day of rush tickets. We saw it second row center and bootlegged it and it changed my life in it. You bootlegged it. Yeah, he had it on a tape. Oh, he did. Uh huh. Because I was like, well, everything's bad. You know, I, don't, <laughs> I don't break rules. I took a bus here. I can get on a bus right back home. Um, and yeah, that is why I am who I am. But anyway, so that was yeah. my early influence. No, no let's not talk about all. you. No, it's fine. Let's I'm just Dave. thinking. What's the uh, what's the Guns N' Roses video where he gets off the bus. Is that the Welcome to the Jungle video, right? While you're oh. telling that story, I'm just putting your face on Axl Rose getting off the bus. <laughs> but he had big hair, like what is it, the higher the hair, closer to closer to heaven, closer to heaven. type thing, right? <laughs> um, my yeah, mom always had always. She was a Beatles person forever, so we had record like records on all the time, and we would clean the house just with uh, music on constantly and she mm-hmm. had a VHS tape of like a Gloria Estefan I don't even know how you say that name right yeah Estefan Estefan and the uh, like the conga song yeah I just, come and shake your body baby. do that conga that song yeah yeah so she's like all right we're having fun <laughs> clean something like spraying a countertop that is fun yeah dad was dad was a Sinatra guy he liked all the crooners nice um he was more of like a serious guy. So uh, I, have a, I have an older brother and like we're, we're, I don't want to say we're very different. Like we're very different though. And he was the athlete. Like he went on to play like college baseball and stuff like that. And I was, I, I'm athletic, but like I never wanted to do that. Yeah. So dad kind of like in our early years would go that way and mom would go, you know, my way. And, um, and he was always there. I'm not saying like my parents didn't support the, the others, I'm talking myself into a hole here, but no, you're um, not. You're not. Uh, it's um, I mean, it's, it's being an adult now. I think we, we were looking at our parents in a whole different light. Oh, for sure. You know, but when you, when you were a kid, you're like, I'm with my mom all the time because yeah. my dad's with my brother all the time. Right. You, no matter if you were like whatever you're into, there's two of you and two of them. Sure. Got to split. Fair. Yeah. And I fair. was the favorite. They never said this, but I'm <laughs> gonna go down. I've I've admitted to myself I was the favorite. Anyway, <laughs> um, so. He liked all the Sinatra stuff. And like one time I remember he was driving me to baseball practice because I played Little League and um, the uh, Titan Up came on. It was a question mark in the Mysterians or whatever. It did it tighten up. And he started like singing and snapping. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, what's he doing? This that's a mom thing. He's not supposed to be the music guy, right? So like they always had it available. And um I just always always had me always had music on always mm-hmm. and i remember coming home from now i i doubt i'm remembering this correctly but this is how i remember it i came home from school or wherever i was and my brother was on the couch in the living room watching woodstock 94 and green day was on green yes. day is going to come up a couple times by the oh, way i'm totally cool right. with that <laughs> uh, you can't say it now because you're like from what they've become but like back in the day i don't think people get how revolutionary yeah. the band was right it's like them and the offspring and um all those like resurgent quote punk bands right no i i will i will i will say i think green day defined a generation 100 percent. that's yeah. why everybody had blue hair hot topic has an yeah. industry because they decided you know billy joe decided to wear a red tie and dye yeah. his hair blue. but i came home and i'm watching i'm like what is what is this i i had no idea what woodstock i have no no clue whatsoever and my brother's like, oh, this band called Green Day. And he like had the CD and it was Dookie. And he's like, here, I'm like, oh, the band's called Green Day Dookie. I didn't even know what oh, album right. titles were, right? right? <laughs> and this is 94, I was 11. 
12? I should have known this stuff by now. I feel naive now talking about it, but, and then I put it on, I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. What else is like this, right? And yeah. then you and then you get and out come the wolves by you know the rancid record. And then you just start like rancid, yeah. and then your Operation Ivy. I started very like in that, you know, resurgent of pop punk that lookout uh label type thing yeah. out, out west. And um and then they were coming to Chicago. And um this was so since then, so it was Dookie Insomniac had come out and then the Nimrod tour was and they're like, Oh, they're coming to could we go? And I got two friends who like forever uh chris rollins who i used to be in a band with and sam i mentioned earlier sam already uh we've been kind of we hitched our 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 wagon to green day for since the beginning and um and we went and my buddy mike cavanaugh as well and we're like oh let's go and it was november 24th 1997 at the riv it was my first concert ever (laughs) the opening band was super drag i don't know if you remember super drag sucked out if you're going to listen to one song today, listen to Sucked Out by Superdrag. It is the happiest goddamn song you'll ever hear. And I was blown away by it. And, uh, and oh, Zach was there too. I mentioned Zach earlier. I can't believe how long you've known these guys. Oh, yeah. I'm criminally loyal to people I want to be friends with. Are you a with. Scorpio? I am. What the fuck? <laughs> is that a, that, that's a thing? Yes. Or... Criminally loyal. Yeah. Like, I, I will, I, I say like, like loyal to a fault. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh... But these are obviously good guys. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So back to the concert. Yeah. So, so Zach, um, I met in third grade. I still play with him to this day. Like I'm probably going to text him when I leave here. But um, so third grade, I met him. He had a guitar. I had never seen a real guitar in real life before. And we went to Zach's house. He lived like coincidentally two blocks away. My my buddy Chris, I mentioned, he lived a block away. Uh, so we were all within the, Mike lived a half a block away. We were all within like, you know, shooting radius of each other. And um, this is Chicago. This, this is, is, yeah, I, I grew up in West Lawn, like 67th and Pulaski. Cool. So like right by Midway Airport. Yeah. Right. And um, I have our guitars over gun schools over there, like 50 something and Kedzie. Oh yeah, almost over there. Almost over there. Yeah. When you're young, it so feels you're... like a like a right. world away. When I was to the other side away. of Westlawn Park, I'm like, where the hell are we? <laughs> it's a block away. Yeah. <laughs> but we uh, so Zach had a guitar, and we go to the show and we're like, and they and they said we want to do this right. We want to be a band. I go, oh, I want to, I want friends, right? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, so Zach had a guitar. Mike Cavanaugh had drums because his brother had drums. So like Mike was inherently the drummer. Yeah. And Chris wasn't not going to be a part of it, right? Okay. He, he's just bullheaded. He's like, I'm fucking doing what I wanted. I'm gonna be in a band. Right. And he uh, idolized Billy Joe. Like, grow. Like he. I still do. Yeah. I love him. After the iHeartRadio thing, I'm like. Oh, I loved it. Oh, you did. I loved it. And then the the morning after story that his wife told. I, well, I love their relationship. Um, he, he, they woke up in bed together, mm-hmm. and he rolled over and he, he goes, "How bad was it?" And she goes, it, "It's bad. <laughs> it's really bad." And she just and he just like put his head back on her shoulder, and she like combed through his hair with her fingers, and just like they kind of went back to sleep for a little bit. And he was like, "Then we had to we had to do what we had to do." But she was there for him, and uh-huh. she always has been. And I don't know. That's like that's what love is. <laughs> I love them for that. Patient Adrian. Patient Adrian Armstrong, because he, yeah, he went to rehab after that, right? Mm-hmm. It was a bad time. But I for... think it was just because he needed to f- publicly. 
Yeah. Like, oh, I did this. I got to go to Like re- an apology tour yeah. almost. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta go to re- well, I guess I got to go to rehab now. I got to yep. do something. Got to announce I'm going. Or, you before know. I make three bad records right in her- The trilogy wasn't good. The, the trilogy wasn't good. It could have been one all right album, but like it wasn't. It wasn't yeah. that great. What's the, what's the newest one they put out? Revolution Radio. That's fine. There's a couple on there that I love. That's fine. And I got to see at the Aragon. Oh, you went and to that show? Yeah. We got... We were so lucky. I, and I, that was my first time ever seeing Green Day. I'm pretty sure Adam was at the show you're talking about at the Riv. Oh, no shit? The, yeah. Yeah. He saw them in 94. Like, at, mm. I'm not going to say the... Wait, did the, he go to the Aragon show? Yeah. The one that was on MTV? Yeah. We got to talk. Yeah, we got to talk. He, we got to talk. He says that he has spit on him from from Billy Joe. Mm. And that like when I met Adam and he was talking about this, I was like, oh my God, this is a band I've only ever like heard about. I, that was the, the band that I knew. I didn't know anything about bands because right. I'm a musical theater kid um, and jazz kid. And I was like, you know, do you want to talk about Kurt Elling? <laughs> I guess I'll learn about Billy Joe <laughs> on the Green Day. Um yeah, he told these stories because he also had an older brother and just got to go to all these awesome shows that, I mean, he saw Sublime before Bradley died. What? Yeah. yeah. That explains is... why he's so goddamn good. Right? You don't talk about it that often, but your husband is a vicious bass player. Vicious. He's he's so humble that I feel like I've, his humble is an umbrella over me too. It's like osmosis, like yeah. he's picking it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's so, when he's up, I'm like. Because I'll try to get like fancy with what I'm playing. I'm like, Adam's here. I'm like, I'm just playing root notes. Um, here you go. <laughs> I don't need, One, two, I don't need him three, thinking I, or poorly of me. Yeah, I'll play root and fifth. That's about it. No. Um, where were we? Uh, oh, this is the band. Yeah. Um, yeah, so now you're starting this band. Yeah, so they started a band. I'm like, I want to be in the band. Because I just I wanted to do the thing my friends were doing. Like I didn't have an instrument or whatever. And Christmas was coming up. And... My mom and dad got me a guitar for or, or a bass for Christmas. It was this little black Yamaha that you get, you know, it's your yeah, like entry the $100 level dollar bass. bass. Yeah. yeah, and I played the shit out of that thing for forever, um, and uh, for like five years, and not until I got like my upgrade. I got an Ernie Ball after that, and I'm like, oh, I've made it, right? And I didn't know what the fuck <laughs> yeah. I was doing, but like we, I wanted to be in the band, so we did the band. The first that band was called Alter Ego, right? And then. Uh, we got to high school and then we, uh, we're playing a little bit here and there. We started splintering off. Like, you know, you're, you're young. I was not the easiest person to know when I was growing up. I was kind of a son of a bitch ahead of my time. I like to say, but, uh, so With your deep dark Scorpio uh, thoughts. It was just, <laughs> just anger, just a lot of un- misplaced anger. Uh, it kind of bit me quite a bit, but anyway, so I, uh, wanted to be in a band, but like half the original band went one way and we went another way. And I went and I met a kid in study hall, uh, Chris Medina. And he and I started playing. I'm like, oh, my buddy Mike's got drums. And Chris would, he lived by Midway Airport. He would take the bus with his guitar and his amp and then like walk for like a mile, right? From, huh. to get to, my, it was really cool. It's like, wow, he really wants to do this. This is yeah. fun. And we'd spend hours and hours. And then we would play, we played block parties and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then we picked up a drummer and this is around the time Corn was popular. Oh, new okay. metal stuff, right? So the drummer, <laughs> the drummer was really into Corn, right? Oh, Mike Wuchter was his name. And uh, he had like the double bass or whatever. But Chris and I listened to like MXPX and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. uh, or shit like that. And the first show, I, the first show show I ever played was some like, when you had to like sell tickets, you ever do one of those? Yep, yeah, you have it. I roll. So, <laughs> I roll. <laughs> um, 
some Knights of Col- I, I I wish I remembered this better because it was the first one, but it was out in Arlington Heights at some, like, again, Knights of Columbus or something like that. And we, the first song we played was a corn song. And then we played all our, like, songs Chris wrote. But then we covered, like, um, Chick Magnet, the MXPX song. And it was fun <laughs> as shit. And I was just screaming. I remember I have it on VHS. And I was screaming into the microphone. Because, VHS. <laughs> yeah, I have it on VHS. My fucking dad was there. Yes. My parents came, right? He's holding up the camcorder yeah. on the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is now like a million dollar camera. Right. But back then it was just your uh, run of the mill one. From Sears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, what was I saying? Uh, so then. The song. I, yeah, I was screaming into the mic because when we practiced, we didn't have like gear, right? We had little like extra amps that we would use as mic amps yeah so we would uh-huh. have to yell to hear us, ourselves but when you're playing in a room that has pro audio and i'm yelling like oh i don't know how to translate this so it was, mm-hmm. the, the naivety of it was was wild that was the first show i ever played with with uh with chris and mike yeah it was a trio i think yeah that's cool power yeah. trio power trio they're that's a dying art they don't exist anymore it's it hurts right it like my soul hurts when i see eight people on stage and they're all playing the same thing. Yep. I'm like, you can play this song with three of you. Yes. Yeah. Or one of you can... Arcade Fire. Is that what they do? There's like 19 of them, yeah, right? there's yeah. fucking too many people on stage. Any of like... Any bands like... Uh, Killers is... Uh, yeah. They're all right. They're kind of track heavy too, I feel like. Like it's might, it might not just be synth sounds that we're hearing. It might be tracks. Everyone does tracks now. I know. Some people cry about tracks. And you're not crying about it, but it's... Mm-hmm. I know... A handful of people that are stupidly against tracks. Mm-hmm. It's like, why? I know. Well, and the the general audience is used to listening to the radio mm-hmm. or whatever. There's is coming in and they got posters falling down. <laughs> uh, um, speaking of original music dying, <laughs> original poster falling off the wall. Um, um, so they're used to hearing the radio or whatever is overly produced, especially now with like everything in a computer right all music in a computer um so you we have to make that sound otherwise people are like oh this band sucks because you have to give like a produced sound right however like student body doesn't use tracks but we have three very strong vocalists mm-hmm. we have a guitar player that can play like three different instruments all at once on, on guitar you know tim um we have me and david back and forth on keys and i'm, I'm not i'm not the best I'm not good at keys. However, I know what needs to be there. Sure. You know, and, and we like I that like and then don't speak doesn't use tracks, but and we've added keys, we've added like we've added some parts there and I feel like we are filling in those sounds. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well it's I understand why tracks it's cover required girls, now. Cover girls uses tracks. Sure. I know a lot yeah, I I'm in a country band we use tracks. Yeah. Like we we play I think Shin- the only reason I haven't seen you is because I don't like country music. So, fun fact about the country band, the singer is, like, he works on a farm. Like, he is the most country son of a bitch ever. Like, he's from (laughs) Mississippi, I believe. And uh, the rest of us, it's me, Zach. We grew up as pop punk kids. Yeah. Ken, uh, Constantine, he's in a band called Spocket. He's just so exploratory with how he plays and just so different and quirky. And him and Zach vibe off each other hard. It's just cool to see the styles together. Zach's flashy. And like he's very good, and like he just will giggle, get in your face, and Ken will just sit in the back and just like, how did you even think of that, right? That kind of thing. <laughs> and then Frankie's in that band. Oh, Frankie! Yeah, yes. Frankie haircut. 
Frankie Haircut, Fr- FrankieHDrums.com. I'm plugging out my friends. Love him. Right? Oh, Frankie's a sweetie. Um, so it's like none of us listen to country, right? But like through playing it, and I think it's important to play as many styles as possible because, yeah. I'm again, I'm in a country band. I play boy band music. Uh, uh, the, the, Mo- the Motown shit was a goddamn college education, right? And how to play an instrument. You learn more and you learn how to play the instrument mm-hmm. properly. Like I remember I was playing a show, a country show. And I was like, I don't feel like I sound good. And Zach, he's like, you, you, where do you play with your finger? And he's, he's like, you're hitting the string with the top of your finger. You need to go like five centimeters down. And to this day, like I think of that every time wow. I play, play with the pad of your hand because it's given the sound you want to give, right? Yeah. So you're not like strumming. You're, 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 you're not even plucking. You're, you're trying to groove as much as possible. Provide that low M. Yeah. So you're, so the band can shine on top of you. I'm getting really into the weeds here. <laughs> I know. I love it. I love, that's like magic advice. Yeah. And that's something that like like people who are non-musicians like don't know anything about. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I see I see where Adam's fingers are ripped up and actually it's the whole finger. Right. But, you know, like, and I always like, I judge bass players. Like if I'm, if I see a pick the whole show, right. I, I don't believe them as a bass player. I think they're a guitar player that picked up a bass. Sure. Um, but if I see a pick for certain sounds and I see fingers and I see both, I'm like, okay, okay. They're, they're legit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, you, Cause there's a purpose for it. Yeah. Right. So if you're using a pick and I used to pick until like 2014, something like that. I played with a pick forever. And then I was playing with a dick. So that guy, Chris Medina and the first band I mentioned, he he got on. Uh, do I want to do this? Uh, all right. So my he got on American Idol, right? So and I got to tour quite a bit with him, and he made like these highly highly produced, not in the sense they were like fake, but like lots of thought and 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 engineering and w- went into these. Mm-hmm. And I had never played like that before. And when you're playing pop music to that level. You, every freaking note counts and the, yes. and the sustain of every note counts and w- there has to be a why to everything you're doing right because you can't cloud it you can't just play for the sake of playing i was in bands like that before like everyone just playing over each other isolated i'm sure it sounds great but together it sounds like There's mud yeah yeah exactly so i learned how to play pop because of chris and 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 his record and then you play again motown and, and you got to play a certain way and you play country a certain way but like if so I was in a, a band where I played Joan Jett. We played uh, uh, the, 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 I love rock and roll. Bad Reputation. Bad Reputation. And oh, I, I, I had love to that use song. a pick. That was with, uh, again, Zach and then Sarah Cryer. Who, oh, cool. Yeah, yes. yeah. So it, what was it called? Cosmo. We, were, that was, uh, we briefly did that. And uh, so it was a lot of girlfriend. Obviously, Sarah's an awesome singer. Yeah. So we had, the, we had girl songs. And I had to use a pick. And I had to use a pick in a while. And I started playing, and my hand collapsed into itself so freaking hard, like my that that big thumb muscle like somehow made it to like the middle knuckle of my ring finger, and I couldn't play. Oh my god! And it's just like daga 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 daga. It was terrible. I have that you see, got to be used to that. But yeah, um, so I try to avoid a pick at all costs because of that. But sometimes yeah. it calls for it. It does like the sound. There's like a tinniness that. Not like tinny in a bad way, but like you can hear it. And also like sometimes the song is just so fucking fast. Yes. You know, and, and Adam talks about it all the time. He's like, I don't want it. I don't want to use a pick for this. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it without a pick. And I'm like, but what about, like, does the sound, does it, 
it can sound okay. Yeah. And, you know, and then he's like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I'm going to be my fingers. He's not wrong. You know, and he's, he's not wrong. Um, it's just, it's just a cool art. And it's something that I do, I, I envy it because, yeah. like, for me, I'm like, do I sing in to this microphone or that microphone? And that's kind of like the only decision I get to make. For and I could like you know if I was doing original I could like bring out a vocal processor or you know I I could get super fancy with my voice. We Adam and I used to like I would have like a looping mic and we would do fun things with my own harmonies on stage. But um, that's like that's boring to watch as an audience. You sure. Know, it's very immigrant heap. And, like, oh wow. <laughs> Man, I heard you that know one. right? Yeah. Um, I've yeah. tried to learn how to strum with my ring finger. To avoid having to use a pick, I'm yeah. like, I'll learn. So I go, da, 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 which is it, it fucks your, 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 because everything's like in two four usually. So you're yeah. playing with a third finger. It's just like That's your brain so cool. breaks, right? So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to work that in seamlessly now, but like, I don't want to use for that for exactly the reason you just said. Why Adam decides to use a pick? I don't want to use a pick, and I'd yeah. rather break my brain. Try to figure <laughs> break out my brain. That's so. There's so much counting and like. The both hands doing things like that and for me like like with keys like the left hand i can i can do very like remedial like baseline stuff and then the right hand is very active i can do that because i took lessons had i not i know so the only time my neighbors are ever loud is when you're doing one of these right or like i feel like if they hear someone come over they're like well they have company we're gonna be loud too because like so much for enjoyment so, downstairs they're so quiet uh-huh. yeah and are like, they rolling stuff around maybe they, Maybe they have an office. Maybe they got to do office chair. Maybe. Ooh, maybe. <laughs> and then they're rolling like, hey. <laughs> maybe they're <playing>. Push me. <laughs> Push me. <laughs> Push me. I want to roll. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know where we are in I your don't remember. story. Okay, so you, we get high school. Yeah. We get you touring now. Oh, no, so... So then I, Where's so the whole, there's a, I'll, I'll do the condensed version of this because I don't know how much time I got left, but, um, we have some time. Okay. Yeah. So in high school, I'm super interested. I'm like, tell ooh, me, tell me more, ooh. tell me more. Uh, no, I got grease in my head. Thanks. I know. Tell me more. Tell me That's more. That's a fun song to play too. That's a fun that. show. So I played Jan in Greece when I was 14. Which one's Jan? The chubby one. Admittedly, Actually, I've seen Greece like twice. The one so. that likes food was how we played. Well, that would be the chubby one, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fun show. I remember. Did you ever hear the theory that she died before the movie started? The actress that played. No, 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 no. The, so Sandy. You ever hear this theory? No. no, no, no. So the re. So, <laughs> so at the end of the movie. So. Oh. Yep. Go I ahead. might have. Go ahead. It might have been like a BuzzFeed thing. Yep. And they they. Yeah, they talk uh, about it first. So they say that because the summer loving, she nearly, she knew, she nearly drowned, right? So they say <laughs> that she, she, I crooned it, I crooned my way through. She apparently, and according to this theory, did drown before the whole thing started. And the movie is her, like die, like her brain is telling this fake story of what would have happened had she lived and hung out with John Travolta. Yeah. Which is why at the end of the movie, the car flies into the sky because she's dying at the end. She's going to heaven. She's going to heaven. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I totally, I'm into, I'm into it. And all like, I loved it for so long. And then I, I was reading another thing about how terrible it is for our girls to look at. Like, like you're, yeah, that, 
San- had if Sandy is alive uh-huh. during this, she is she is wholesome. She does her own thing. She she is a clearly defined character. And then oh, to keep this guy in my life, I need to trade my these outfits for these tight leather pants. And then I then I get the, and and start smoking. And then I get the guy. She totally becomes someone else. Oh, and now it's fine. She gets gets the guy. Right. That's a really bad message to send to our young girls. I would agree. I but, so I kind of like the one where she's like, oh, she does that, but she dies. So it's fine. Oh, so rather than being a tramp, you're glad she's dead. <laughs> I love leather pants and I, I don't love smoking, but... Um, that poster uh, really wants to be a part I know, of this. the poster's like, poster fell come on. on. <laughs> Talk to me next. <laughs> have you? Did you ever have anything on your walls as a kid that you had to say goodnight to? <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> the only thing that comes to mind is I had a Foo Fighters color in the shape poster, but me and Pat Smear never had good night <laughs> moments. Say good night. No. I said, <laughs> I said good night to my Lion King poster. All right. Santa Simba and Mufasa. Oh, okay. You know that everything the light touches is our uh, kingdom. Oh, it's like the be- the one behind him. Yeah, that's a good poster. Solid poster. <laughs> I love that you knew I did when I asked you. <laughs> it was such a specifically phrased <laughs> question. <laughs> like, oh, what did you say goodnight to? No, um, nothing. I have FOMO to this day. Like, to the, I, I like don't want to go to sleep because I don't want to miss a thing. <sighs> Oh. I don't like to leave places because I don't want to miss out. Yeah, FOMO. And everything is like done. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> the bars—they're—they're they're counting down already. Yeah. You know, and you guys but, need some help. Yeah, <laughs> one. <laughs> need to check out drink. I'll pour it. You I know, pick some chairs up. You guys want me to mop? I got, I got you. Or you know, I have. It's I even funnier know. that you're like in a cheerleader outfit while you're doing these mopping floors. So I usually, so I do. I was gonna talk about a bandmate from a certain band. Yep. Um, I think he's the same way. Uh huh. <laughs> So, but like more than me. Uh huh. So now I know a lot more about gear because I've been cleaning it up. <laughs> oh, he's one of those. But not on for no, I know, and I he's probably gonna listen to this. You're um, using only pronouns. You're safe. This person is my like one of my favorite people, and and I feel like like, like thirty years from now, he's like, remember sure. that time you bitched about cleaning up my gear? <laughs> like he's gonna cut me out. It's gonna pay hard for this later. No, um, but it's it's we both have that, and I think like our, our whole band knows. They're like, oh god, these two I can't shut it down. Like, <laughs> bye. Here's still on stage. Stephanie's cleaning toilets. <laughs> Put your real clothes on. God. Yeah. Gotta get out of here. Yeah, it's definitely. <laughs> oh, we are digressing hard. <clears throat> we're so. I, I don't know. remember where we were at. Posters. Uh, say goodnight to posters. <laughs> Um, Greece? How do we get on Greece? This is where at like a real show, they'd be like, you guys need to go do sound check. You'd be <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> what um, the fuck are we talking about? Summer. It was... It was so, Tell me more t- about your history. So we've oh, got yeah. to high school. Yep. So yeah. high school band. Um, then we all kind of came... So the bands that like splintered came back together. And then um, I got to join. It was a band called Down in Front. And we played local coffee houses quite a bit. And we had, um, we worked with Mark Allen, who was, uh, he owned a 
company called Rock Chicago Records or Rock Chicago oh. Promotions. I guarantee if you lived like on the south side or in like the, the, the west burbs and stuff like that, you ran into him at some point. He always, I think to this day, he's putting on shows and struggling to find venues. He's kind of, I think he's like one of the unsung heroes of local music during oh. that time. Again, like a lot of people don't have good things to say. Like, I don't care. I had nothing but good time, yeah. good experiences with him. And he got booked down in front everywhere, right? And we played, I mean, some of the play like Cafe Nisa, which is right by Chicago Ridge Mall, like on 87th and Ridgeland. That's not there anymore. Uh, Mojo's, the first Mojo's. So I know they're on like their fifth iteration now, but like the first <laughs> Mojo's was right behind Orland Square Mall uh, in like a strip mall over there. Uh, and we used to play for like monster, like they give us like a case of monster energy drinks. And like, oh my God, I love if it. If you got money, you're like, like, oh my God, we got money. Like we didn't ask for money. Like we're just having, all our friends are here. It was, it was a really awesome social um, experience. And then uh, the Lighthouse Cafe that's in Beverly. Uh, and then uh, what was it? It was like 151st and Dixie Highway, something like that. Uh, Sprockets. Um, Shit, what's it called? I've heard of Sprockets before. Yeah, I I can't think of it. I'm looking at the freaking logo. I can't think of what it is, though. But we would play all, like, anywhere and everywhere we could. And it was a very, like, DIY thing where every band supported every other band. And that Mm -hmm. that was my, it's probably going to go down as one of my favorite times in life because you would go see your friends and then uh, people from their show would start coming to your show and vice versa. And then if two of those bands played together, holy shit, we got a super show, right? So yeah. all, And it would pe- pour out into the parking lot how many people were at these shows. And we did that quite a bit for, you know, as, as, as far as we can. And we were recording records and stuff. And we got to open for Fall Out Boy right when Take This to Your Grave came out. I think it might have been the week before it came out. We played at the, uh, um, ah, shit, Wheaton Community Center for 800 people and we're like this is the this is it this is the peak this is the best we're ever gonna do <laughs> we made right? it. and it was it was they cut their mics because i think they went over fallout boys oh, but yeah i played a battle of the bands uh with mest i'm like this is the best we're gonna do right it was like when what's the dealio was all big and uh so really cool like hard work things we did where you made the flyers and my yeah. mom would take flyers to work and print out thousand copies like she probably got got fired but like she's like cool and we would hand like with scissors and cut them oh and none God. of them are even my heart <laughs> like this doesn't happen anymore no and then like for our record i had like that software on your computer where like you could print cd labels and i would print two at a time and then put the stickers on yeah and then we had our record read this is colorblind i'm jumping ahead now but when colorblind came out with a record i did that like i came home from school and i printed shit out on my computer and just sticky labels and like none of them were ever centered no mm-hmm. and we played the show at uh at Sp- Sp- shit i can't think of the place it's the 151st and dixie highway place and uh it was the record release and my dad just he's like how much is this how much are all the cds and i'm like there's many there's this many and he's like i'll buy them all just hand them out right so so no one had to pay for them. my dad oh, just dad. let me have them. yeah, dad. yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool um, and then we go to the down in front thing. We play for Fall Boy. We played with Spitalfield, like at Northby. So like all these local places where you're making friends and you're, you're shaking hands and like that doesn't exist anymore. Doesn't and it really anymore. bothers me that especially in a tightly knit cover band world where everyone says they get along with everyone, it's to a certain degree. And yes, they do. Yeah. Like we're sitting here getting along now. I haven't seen you guys yeah. in forever, but 
it doesn't happen how it should. And I think because I came from that like DIY culture, yeah. I miss it like fucking crazy. I really wish everyone would just be more collaborative and get along, which is why in this new uh, group I'm in, I play with the the Right Stuff Entertainment. So it's the Boy Band Night, the Hair Band Night, the Ron Burgundy's Motown Nation, and the Country Night. They're all under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. And the cool, the first time Motown played, we did a, a beer garden show at Bourbon Street on the south side. And someone from every one of those bands was, was there at the show. That's sweet. And I'm like, this is this is required yeah. for for this to be successful moving forward. Like everyone can't just go to a show and go home and not talk to each other. Yeah. I don't care how cool you think you are, show up and be supportive. That's yeah. it. That's how you make a culture, right? So I more bands should have been successful coming out of, of Chicago, and I'm shocked more haven't been. Yeah. Um, because of, of that sentiment that we grew up with and it kind of dissipated. Like when MySpace started, yeah, because like the everything... bands would get like picked up and and it, then it becomes not like a haters town, but like you, from what I've heard and kind of what I've experienced is that people are friends with you to a certain level. Mm-hmm. You know, you get like everyone's succeeding together and supporting each other, supporting each other, supporting each other. Everyone's kind of growing together, and then this band gets to go out on tour with Hello Goodbye, and then right. and then now we we hate them. We don't, they don't need us. Because, they don't need our support. Yeah. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about them anymore mm-hmm. because they don't need me. They don't need my support. They've got sure. this, that, and whatever. And I feel like that was like the beginning of the end for all of the bands. It's very true. Insecurity is a motherfucker, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. It really is, and it's like it's so hard to find like like a lot of people would be like, why is why is there such talent in a cover band? And I'm like, well, you know, the the studio scene is also gone unless like you live in LA and it's the same guy that just won't die that are playing yep. in the studio the studio musicians it's the new wrecking so crew. I feel like the like I feel like the cover band were like that like the way you talk about that with the musicians is the way that people spoke about studio guys sure you know and I feel like that is kind of that like everyone's doing this because we want to be performing we want to be making money and that's how we do that mm-hmm. to hopefully afford us time to do our own things at some point but it is I mean for me it's, it's super hard to to do all of this, to have my ears be so busy with this music, to then be like, all right, now what what story do I have to tell besides I want to lay down and look at nothing? I agree. Is that a song? <laughs> Probably not. That could be a Fiona Apple song. I, yeah, I think if I were to write, it would be very, like, what is that? Extraordinary Machine or something that she had. Is that Fiona Apple? <laughs> Maybe. I just thought of Liz Fair when you said extra. Oh, record. I don't know. You can write a Liz Fair record. <laughs> I can write a Liz Fair record. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's so, like, when, like, that, just that, that whole shift, it, it's hard. And a lot of, a lot of, like, real artists are like, I can't believe, like, all these, all my friends are playing in a cover band. I'm like, you did this yeah. <laughs> to yourself. Sure. But I can't, it's, it's hard for me to say that out loud. The ethics, the work ethic's not there either. Yeah. So to be in, now, mind you, I've, so... I should tell this, put a pin in that. So this will make more sense after I say this. So after the down and front thing, I was in a band with the, took many years off playing. I didn't pick up a bass for five, six years, right? So I was in college and I just didn't do anything. You didn't do music in college? No, I didn't do anything. Okay. And then, no, that's not true. Halfway through college, not even five, six years. What the hell am I talking about? How did you make friends? Like two or three. I feel like you are like, I'm going to make, yeah. Because I like, I don't know how to be friends with people outside of. Like I'm, I'm learning a part with this person. I'm rehearsing lines with this yeah. person. I'm learning how to sing with this person, and now we're friends. I've, I mean, I have the same group <laughs> of friends that I've had since grade school, and like yeah. we picked up a couple on in, through high school, but 
Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's a tough barrier yeah. to get into. It's a really tight-knit circle. It's a good group of guys, right? And granted, we don't get to see, people are having kids now, and like they have careers and stuff, so it's hard to get together. But when, like, I got to go to a wedding in July, and I'm going to see them all, and we're going to fall right back in. Yeah. And it's going to be a it's going to be a pisser. It's going to be fun as hell. So I don't know if I want to make friends because I'm good with the ones I got. You know. Uh-huh. So I'll make acquaintances all day, and if they happen to turn into friends, great. But like, being a friend is it's very it's a very important. I don't know. It, I feel like it's underappreciated. Like. Oh, I can call you it when is. I'm emotionally distressed and I can count on you to make fun of me until I'm laughing again. Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's what I require in who I'm <laughs> friends with. I, I like this, like, oh, I don't even have to say you, you get it, right? I do. I do. I think that's why, because I've, because I am a transplant and I moved around like a little bit and to have the, I had the, that's been my, that's been like my friend. Sure. For the past 10 years, except for a couple from college that, like, I do. I, I call them, and I'm like, I, I'm sorry I didn't call and just ask how your day was yesterday, and I'm calling today when I'm distraught over something. But you're the only one that knows, the, like, the core of my being enough mm-hmm. to, like, hear this, talk me through it, and maybe make, you know, make fun of me a yeah. little bit to make me giggle again. I mean, that might be a guy thing, but, like, that's required. <laughs> like, it's it it's required. Like, it if helps. I'm having a bad day and I text my buddy Zach... And he doesn't beat the shit out of me. I'll call him like, "What the fuck, dude? I, you know what I needed here." He's like, "I'm busy, man. I'll call you later and make fun of you." <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I, did, I had a friend, I had a friend the other day, like, give me a hug and say, "Love you," and I was like, "Oh, oh, you no, like that?" No, but no, but it was like, <laughs> my reaction no, was, oh. no, no, because it was different. No, and it, right, no, so no, so much. Love sure. you, love you. Um, no, but this was like this. I, I heard the weight in the in the sentence, and and I felt it. Yeah, and then I was like. Is this friends? This is friends. <laughs> this is below the blah, 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 right. blah, blah. This is below the love you. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh my God, love you. Um, you oh, know, wow. which like I could, it's a part for me to play, right? Sure. I can be that girl. Yeah. And, and most people I think probably know me to be that girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that's why I did this podcast. Like, hey, there's, I'm, I'm lower than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, anyway. Yes. Your friends. My friends. No, so, yeah, so... So you go to college, you're not, They're you're fine. not playing bass. Yeah, so I took a couple years off, and then I got a call out of the blue to join um, from uh, my... I got an email, actually, from my buddy Glenn Curran, who owns... Who now, like, this kid's a goddamn... First off, awesome guitar player. Second off, used to wear sweaters and dress pants to shows. Like, and just like, what are you doing, dude? Like, and this <laughs> is before we knew, like, painters fans. So there's uh-huh. no circulation on stage. I'm like, how are you not dying right now? <laughs> and... Uh, uh, Glenn went on to be a lawyer. Glenn started a record label, Super Records, S O O P E R, and like he just got like this international distribution deal. I'm so goddamn proud of him. Like it's so cool to see your friends. Like he's like I think he's an adjunct professor at like, Columbia or something like that. But he will. You, you can't sit and talk to him and then leave without feeling like you have to go read a book because he'll be like I don't know. Like that's all he does is read, right? So he's one of those guys. So I got an email from this guy. Hey, uh, I'm in a band called The Able Body, and coincidentally, is that me? Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, Glenn is in a band with Chris and Zach, and uh, it's called The Able Body. And they're like, hey, we need a bass player. I'm like, cool. So I go do that. And then we go to, uh, we, we do that for a while. That was fun. It was a really good band, actually. It's like a prog rock pop kind of band. Ooh. Yeah, it was cool. And then Chris went on American Idol, and he made Top 40. And um, 
was like on the Tonight Show. Uh, they recorded a single for him. He did Good Morning America, Regis and Kelly, all that shit. And we got picked. Uh, we some kid in <clears throat> Norway heard his single, and we got flown over, and we got to play in this little town called Notodden, Norway. And then in the meantime. By the time we got asked to play and by the time we got over there, they had booked this festival and Chris's single became the number one <clears throat> single on their Norwegian billboard. Oh my I, God. Yeah, yeah. I think to this day, it's, if not the longest reigning, one of the longest reigning In Norway. Weeks at number one. <gasps> That's so cool. So we got to do a ton of shit uh, with that and like I got to play, like we got to open for John Fogarty and like, which was, a, oh I had like a mean Joe Green moment. I'm like, hey, you have a great show. John is like, hey, thanks, man. Holy fuck, John Martin. <laughs> um, and then we got to go like play the hard rock in Singapore and stuff like that. Uh, cool. So Singapore. Yeah. Oh, it was the cleanest place ever because they apparently cane people if they commit crimes. The Singapore cane. That's what I've heard. I could be wrong. But uh, that's why when people ask me now, hey, do you want to start an original project? I go, Listen, dude. I, I've seen what the machine-backed artists can accomplish I don't have the energy to put that in to get to where I think it needs to go. Yeah. No disrespect to you whatsoever. I, I, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And I appreciate the honesty in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You like, you know yourself enough to know how to answer that question. Yeah. I don't want to grind like that again. I, I just don't, I don't have it in yeah. me. So when cover band worlds came about, like serve reached out to me it's on, a, yeah. on a, on a lark. Hey, you want to join boy band interview? I go, yep. That was it. And, okay. I went, and I met, and I met uh, Roger and Bender and I was like, all right, you're starting this weekend. And like the first foray I had is we opened that show at Planet Hollywood. And then we got to drive back and play Summerfest. And like, it was yeah. just, and now like, it's like fun. It's fun again. Mm -hmm. Right. So for, and not saying it wasn't fun doing all that, but like, it's, it's genuinely fun just playing. I just love playing. That's why I don't like attention. I just like playing and yeah. learning and being around people because that's how it was when we were younger. None of us knew how to play our instruments properly. We just enjoyed the culture and I just enjoy the culture. So that's why I do it still yeah. now. Yeah. That's very cool. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I didn't know any of that. Yeah. Yeah, that all happened. Talk about being humble. I mean I don't Because you could well you could have been like and we all know like the guy in the green room that's like, oh, I just got back from Norway. Yeah. You know, like you you could be that person and you're you're not and well no one likes that guy no one likes that guy no yeah no one likes that guy i actually know a guy uh marcus johansson and his band them it's a I, so he's in the boy band night okay and we played last night and i haven't seen him in a while so we're we're, we're bullshitting yesterday he's like yeah i leave for uh i think he shit where's he going one of those countries norway finland something like that like this morning he left oh, cool. and his band is going to play around europe and i'm I like i'm beaming it. like with i'm like I'm just so happy he gets to do yeah. all that because um, he's a he's a vicious player too. You look at his, his setup and you're just like, how do you know what all these buttons are? All these buttons, right? <laughs> yeah. And I look at I look at some people's like some guitar player like Pat. Well, last night I was standing next to Andrew Capone. Where, where were we last? So we were somewhere in Aurora. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter where yep. we were. And I'm looking at his feet <laughs> and the, all the pedals yep. and the numbers. And I'm like, okay, something Brit. And I'm reading the screen that shows him what it is that he saved as the settings. And I was like, one day I'm going to know. <laughs> one Someday. day I'm going to know what this means. One of these days. It'll be way too late. <laughs> I mean, late. it would help if I played guitar, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't know what for real the other knob on my bass does. <laughs> I know one of them's volume. Volume, tone. Yeah, probably tone. Um, and there's like one is like a. No, I only got two. 
Oh, okay. Only two knobs. And I, I've been spoiled my whole life for it. I've, I've never had to know. So, like, again, I, I have Zach and Ken who build guitars for a living. And you just do direct in then? Or so, I, I play, yeah, my pedal board is my wireless, which has the tuner. Mm-hmm. And then that the goes DI. into my Sansam. And then my Sansam goes into my amp. I have a full stack bass at home. I have a, like a 410, a 215, a Mesa Boogie head. It's taller than me. And I'm 6'2", right? Mesa Boogie. Right? That's a good one. Oh, for did sure. You go, did you, like, go get it? Yeah, I, oh, I went to the Guitar Center and oh. was like, uh, all right, I want that. And it's been outside <laughs> twice. And now, like, being in a cover band, you're just like, what are, What do I need to make the fewest amount of trips to my car? So now I have, like, yeah. one th- I get sling. I can get out in one trip. With my bass and my amp and my pedal board, <laughs> I look like Bert and Mary Poppins. I got so much shit slung on my back and hanging off of it like, <laughs> that I can get out to my car in one trip. But, like you learn how to consolidate your quality and like you're around enough smart people where you're like, I don't need to know this, but it's that whole Henry Ford thing. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, well, what if you know, know the answer to something? Like, well, I have a row of buttons on my desk that can get me to the answer, yeah. right? So that's what I'm around all the time. So I, I try to focus on what I could focus on. I know my role in what I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't have to just be the most technically sound person in the room. That's I think, yeah. really awesome. Right? And it's, um, it's good for you to know that about yourself and mm-hmm. to be surrounded by people that that oh i'm surrounded by it. brilliant people brilliant, all the brilliant time mind. that's that's yeah. great for a woman yes i literally practice plugging things in by myself oh. so that when i show up around other guys that do know all these things they don't mansplain me or they don't be like oh my god here's this girl like play. like a sound guy doesn't watch me like because you can tell you can tell someone uh, you can tell if someone knows what they're doing by how they like touch their i watched someone pick up a guitar and i was like do they do they play guitar and i watched them plug their guitar in and i was like i i I even know how to loop the cable through you know like that didn't happen um so and i was judging them and i was like the last thing i wanted someone to judge me by how i'm plugging in on my shit right and for someone to be like oh this does that like i this is my instrument like i need to know that and i think being a woman in a male dominated field it it doesn't there's a there's players that I play with now that it comes across wonderfully and they are helping me and mm-hmm. they, it's for the, the good of the band and we're like this is a new thing for her she might not know this and right. it's very honest and sweet for the most part though it's like can you believe this chick didn't even know that like it, it's very and who's saying it other musicians or yeah you know like the, the sound guy like the, the, the sound random guy. random name sound guy sure. that that's everywhere you know, that we've all had that sound guy that's yeah. just a brat. Yep. Um, it's it's that. So I practice like all the things and I know all of my buttons so that they ask a question or like during sound check, I do this patch that, you know, I, I try to do things exactly the way that like Cheryl Crow's keyboard player would do it because he's been doing it for 20 years, you mm-hmm. know, and it, um, I just, I could never be you in the situation. And I, and I wonder if it's just because I'm a girl. That, that makes sense. I mean, it really, it's, it's unfortunate, but yeah. like people have their preconceived notions of what the role of someone's supposed to be. First off, a girl in a band right away, you come, like you walk in the door, right. she's in the band, you have 19 thoughts thrown <laughs> at you before you even open your well, mouth. Well, it's not even assumed that I'm in the band, actually. Oh, even worse. I walk in and they look over my head even to worse. the guy yep. with me, or yeah. So you're at an yeah. even further disadvantage then. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't condone it. I understand it. Yeah. I, and I, I don't participate in it because I'm yeah. in bands with girls and I've been in bands with girls. Yeah. And they hold their own and every one of them. So, but like, yeah, people are going to people and you yeah. can't please everyone. And if they don't like you, then fuck off. Fuck off. I figure yeah. I'm going to die when I'm 70. I'm 35 right now. I'm halfway done. I'm halfway done living. 
I don't have time for people who don't want to be a part of making the rest of the time is really your dad, fun. Is your dad alive? Oh, my dad's, yeah. I just figure seventy like is a, seven. I just figure seventy is a good time and to check not, out. And if not, then you're just gonna sit down. <laughs> After seventy, <laughs> I'm seventy. Oh, here's when I, where's I, the cake. I figure seventy. <laughs> I mean, I will eat cake. That's well, it'll be my birthday, so yeah, I'll have cake. I'm a pie guy. Wait, are you nev- November what? October thirtieth. Oh, okay. Yeah, day before okay. Halloween, which okay. means I could dress up every year and not look crazy on my birthday. Yeah, that's. You awesome. can't do that like in April. Like, oh, why is he dressed like a Power Ranger? <laughs> he must be losing it. <laughs> Maybe it's his birthday. <laughs> Maybe this is a new thing. Let's start telling the, our friends with kids that to dress them up on their, on their birthday. Yeah. That should be a thing. Let's do that. A we random don't have, kid. Not, we don't have kids, but no. we know people with kids. I like seeing that, though. If you're at like a Target or a grocery store. Batman somebody, walks by. Yeah. It's like that kid's living his best life. <laughs> the only way he will leave the house is in Batman. I w- I mean, that's a power move in itself. I'm not going unless I could be Batman. <laughs> that's a sentence I can't say in this adult. Are you going to be on time uh, for work tomorrow? Not unless I could be the Hulk. <laughs> I'm not going. What do you do? Work. I'm an accountant. <laughs> I will not show up unless I am Captain Marvel. Sure. Yeah. And, I mean, you can be whatever you want today, so <laughs> fuck it. I'll, I'll be an Avenger. <laughs> Want to talk about music again? No, you're fine. Let's circle back. Circle back. Are there, are there songs that you like? You, is there a song that you just you love so much that you wish that you wrote it? For what? Um, because I, because of a feeling it evokes, or because of how much money it made. Okay, let's go. Let's answer both. Yeah. Because I'm getting that. I'm getting that from some people. Um, the money. <laughs> well, money. I mean. Bohemian Rhapsody. I wish I wrote Hey Jude. Oh, yeah. Uh, I wish I wrote Hit Me Baby one more time. <laughs> Come Swedish, sail away. Swedish guys on that album, that Britney Spears album. They're all Swedish, the Swedish machine in there. Sure. Yeah. Why not? They're all, I'm one of them like a metal. Isn't there one or two guys that wrote like every pop song we've ever heard in the last 20 years? Yeah. I wish I was that guy. That guy. One of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. No. I want to be a silent partner. I don't want to do the work, but I yeah. would like the money because I can't write songs. I've never written a song in my life, actually. What about, have you written the bass part though? Yeah. I'm recommending. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I can't. That's something. That is really something. What? Writing a bass part? Yeah. Why is that? I, I've overheard some conversations about a bass player writing for someone's album mm-hmm. and, and coming up with these beautiful, wonderfully complimentary parts and then coming home and just playing root notes because that's what they were told to do. Yeah. That, that happens know? a lot. And, yeah. And, so there's, there's. A give and take to that. So like when Chris was making his, so after Chris, after he did his big Norway thing, uh, the second time we were over there, we got to uh, be in the studio with him. I don't think I made the record, but like we had the opportunity to be on the record, right? And I was Mm. emotionally not prepared for any of that, right? So we were like, we played Shubas with the able body. And we drew 50 on a Tuesday. And we're like, this is this this is legit. This is going to fucking happen. Mm-hmm. Who draws 50 on a Tuesday? On a Tuesday yeah. Fast forward, we're playing for 130,000 people on primetime television, like on the shore of whatever we played on in fucking Oslo, right? And I'm mm-hmm. like, and I'm young. I'm 27, something like that. And I'm not prepared for it emotionally whatsoever. It's a blur, right? I'm sure I, I, I guarantee I was difficult to be around just because I had no idea what I was doing. And I was... Um, just insecure and and just lashing out and just like trying to be there but like knowing I wasn't prepared for it. What's mm-hmm. that? The like opportunity is preparation plus 
time. No. What is it? You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Every, whatever that is. <laughs> but I, I was not that. And uh, so we got to go in the studio and, and Chris is making a, a pretty straight pop rock record. And I was a very busy player. And I had to learn how to just play root notes. And But like that's what it called for, right? Yeah. So in some cases, playing just root notes is all you need, right? You can hear... Like, listen, like playing all this Motown shit, like, yeah, you got busy players, but like you have guys that just stick to the root note and sit in the pocket because that's their place. Yeah. Right? But then like all the Beatles songs. All, but the, And that's where the problem came in. So right. I grew up as a Beatles guy and a Green Day guy and a Rancid guy where they- Real bass lines. Right? And like McCartney walked everywhere. Yeah. And, and like, and then you listen to like Pet Sounds, like Carol Kay played the shit out of that record, right? And, but like it all made sense. And like, so it's really hard to navigate like, oh, what does the situation call for? Yeah. I don't need to be as flashy as possible. If you want to be a guitar player and be flashy, cool. Because yeah. you are not a prominent feature until like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, something like that. Like you go like Buddy Holly's when it started like, oh, people play guitars. Like yeah. orchestras, like it was just there, right? It was yeah. in the back with the bongos. <laughs> and now like if I'm writing a bass line, like what, what is required of what I need to do? I'm probably over saying and repeating no. the same thing over and over, but... I think it's important because when I see a bass player overplaying, I'm like, stop it. Stop it. Sit with the drummer. If the drummer's not looking at the bass player or vice versa, you're yeah. not doing your job. Yeah. You, you should be smiling at each other yeah. like, ooh, what was yes. that? Ooh, what I was love that? that. Yeah. You're like you are like the, 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 the rhythm section. Yeah. My mom and dad came to see Motown play at Bourbon a couple weeks ago. And I got home and she's like, you and the drummer were grinning at each other the whole time. <laughs> it took a while to get there. Like we butted heads for a while, but like we just were two different people. And we just had to, it took a minute yeah. to melt it together. And now like we know how to talk to each other. We can just look at each other and know like with our heads and stuff. Like, yeah. And I think that's important uh, as a player to to know how to do that. Yeah, so, like the uh, look, the look language. Oh, for, not many people know how to do it. They don't. It, it's a learning uh, process for a lot of people. Yeah. So. I like, I, I remember like walking into a rehearsal and it was like already there, like with this brand new band. Oh, that's like, great. Oh. And I, but I would see it with, with them too. And I was like, these guys, like, they like, they play together so well. They love each other. And <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what am I coming um, into? So what, are, what is the song that feeling? Oh, I, I got really Feeling wise. Wow. You can name this podcast digression. Um, <laughs> What's, oh, I mean, what, in what green room have you had a direct conversation that wasn't like maybe someone getting fired? If I had a direct, we'll go do the right. song thing first. Yeah, let's Feel? do the song thing first. Yeah, I've been, a song that like is just so perfect. A song that Maybe is it, so, or like it tells your story in a way. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't. There's so many because yeah. I'll just add shit to a playlist. Like I'll just throw on like oldies radio on Apple Music or you know uh, whatever '90s radio or something and. What was I listening? Let me see. What's the last song I listened to on the way here? We'll go with that. Yeah, what's your life? We'll go with... So the last song I listened to on the way here was Lady in Red. So... I don't know that song. Can I play music on this or is it going to get pulled? Um, It's the... Lady in Red is dancing with me. Cheek to cheek. It's the song in Dodgeball. When the guy sees the Russian girl. Okay. Is that what did I listen to? <laughs> <laughs> so that was on. Before that was uh, Dropkick Murphys. Oh. Before that was a summer song by Chad and Jeremy. 
They dream, dreaming of a summer. Oh, right? So like it's just, I don't know. I like, <laughs> I listen to a whole bunch of different shit. Um, the, the, I heard Pat Monahan from Train say that the song that like, it like hurts him inside and it's like the perfect song is like Bittersweet Symphony. And he like, he like goes to bed sad that he didn't write that song. Yeah, and that was a big one. It's a great song. Especially if you're like Cruel Intentions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still like that movie. Um, but that, yeah, I, 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 it changes for me though what, what song it would be. In. Well, what's yours? Well, maybe maybe you can help me understand because I don't know. I'm thinking about it. but So there's a couple, I mean, there's a couple No Doubt ones where I feel even as a fifth grader, somehow that was my story that I needed to tell. You know, <laughs> like grader. somehow Happy Now is sure. like it. Or ended on, like ended on this now is still a story that I can, that I really feel comes from such an honest place that I really just wish that I could craft that. Mm-hmm. Um, we were singing um, <laughs> Wilson Phillips. I played that day. last night. Well, Hold on. Hold on for one more Yeah, Boy day. Band Night does that. Oh, it's wonderful. It's banger. And the harmonies and the, the breakdown. Yeah. Oh. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's like. I highly recommend you weave it. it into whatever band you're and in. And then like the rest of their recordings are pretty good. They have other recordings? Yes. <laughs> I feel like bands like that, you, you ever see those like essential, like the essential four yes. tops or whatever, but yeah. like the four tops deserve an essential. Like I feel like if I, the essential Wilson Phillips, There's it would probably just be, five. No, it would be hold on 14 times. Like, <laughs> well, <laughs> Or Ace of Bass. I saw the sign. Oh, no, actually, the song of Ace of Base. It was the first CD I ever owned. The, by the oh, way. I had the tape. I got it from Columbia House. God, I love you. Pay yeah, a penny, and you got to pay nineteen dollars. Oh. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, oh, 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 now it's funny it's all like era specific where it's because we were young and youth is good right so this is good i've been i've been mulling this over because again green day i'll get shit for it because oh you listen to green day i'm like i was a child when that came out and those were my (laughs) formative years oh you like the beatles when you were younger you're you're a 65 year old man who said, uh, I saw her standing there. That still resonates with you? No, it's because you remember when you were a child and that yeah. you have a, 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 an intangible feeling that you're not going to be able to shake ever because it brought you to somewhere where you thoroughly enjoyed life. Yeah. It bothers me when people are like, oh, you like that? You like that? You can fuck off. I'll listen to whatever I want. How about that? Yeah. Uh, secondly, fuck off. <laughs> Usually the argument goes past that, but uh, I like what I like. And, yeah. You know? I know that was like a pointless rant, but like no, I've... I like it. <laughs> um, I talk about green rooms, right? So yeah, <laughs> where I heard a conversation. Was... Yeah, like no, no, it doesn't have to be like that. But I was just thinking because you know, our conversation is going all over the place. Yes, yes, and that's how we green have, rooms work. We got to like, reel it back in. I've never been unless there was a serious like this person is getting removed from this whole situation. Mm-hmm. I've never You've been seen people in, get the fired green in green rooms. Room. Oh, yeah. Interesting. And, and or like or like where's our fucking money? I have uh, been in that that situation, but any other time it's like sound check. Yeah, that's usually. Are you hungry? Like, yeah. you know, like, Do they have poutine here? Nelly says poutine. Nelly says poutine. Um, that's so funny. Uh, anyway, um, no, is there? Do you have a favorite green room? Favorite? So I think the most pointless green room is the one at Sub T. 
Oh, uh, upstairs. It's got it's it goes on. There's onto no this, mirror. But it's got a spiral staircase that goes From to the, the stage. stage, and then it's like a place where like you can harbor like like people hiding from the law you know it's like that it's a weirdly shaped room with every time i've been up there there's no lights no lights and like i'm amazed there's stuff in the fridge like oh some dude went up the staircase to get stuff in there <laughs> it's just it's fine it, it's fine but you it's, can but, look out at you can look out at wicker park like i sh- sat up there and i've been like hello wicker i don't like i'm up here <laughs> They don't even know. It's like Cinderella's castle. Mm-hmm. It's like, this room's just for me. Um, I like green rooms. They're fine. I like, I tend to get full of myself when I'm in like really nice ones. Like the, um, what's the place in Louisville? It's that real, the, the Mercury Ballroom. It's like, it's like a condo. It's got awesome. like six rooms, but like, then they have different types of teas and they have like the, the really extensive Keurig yes. collection and different, like they have like, like different meats and stuff. And like, different I get, yeah, like, oh, like, why do we have prosciutto in here? Like I'm going to play in sync. Right. So then why do we have prosciutto? It's, it's a $10 meat, right? All $10 I need pound. is like something to drink. Like Eve, last night we were in like a normal like corner. It's a corner, but it's still a room. And there were three different bottles of booze and plastic shot glasses. Yeah. I was like, thank you. Perfect. That's all you need. You understood. Like, this venue understood. Yeah. And, but I love the condo situation. I love if there's tea or coffee to chew. Or even just well, like a water. As a water, vocalist, yeah. A water bubbler. <laughs> bubbler. Bubbler? Water bubbler. That's, isn't a, that's a Wait, water electric. fountain, right? Or that's a water fountain. Wisconsinites yeah. call it a water bubbler. East Coast as well, yeah. Um, a water electric tea kettle. <laughs> it's a solid invention. Yeah. It really is. But I don't like the big ones, like... Because I feel like I am, I indulge a little bit, yeah. and like oh, I'll make a prosciutto and and Dijon sandwich. I'm like fuck you, dude. Like I'm, I'm telling just... myself fuck you in my head. <laughs> I'm gonna come over here and take a nap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. On a big yeah. leather couch, and mm-hmm. I like just standing in the crowd if I can, like before shows and staying like vertical. And because if need, I sit yeah. down, I, I get too. I can't sit down. Yeah. yeah, I do like to stand and do my makeup. Um, I I will go out and like peek, and like get like the vibe a little bit. Um. But like for the, like I just I can't talk. Yeah. Like if I have friends that come out or if I have people, Do you gas that, out. Like if you notice, I, yeah. yeah. And it's like talking over noise and stuff, and I just I need to go do my warm ups, and I just like need to like be. Oh, so you have a routine like, before every I do. show. Yeah. I do. I have so, such like things I need to do, and like make sure I'm awake and my resonators are all alive in my face, and, like all the the cavities. What's a resonator? The cavities in your skull. Okay. So if you oh it resonates that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. If you hold your lips closed and go. Mm-hmm. That's a resonator. Oh, I do you might feel, feel it, it in your sinuses. Mm-hmm. Your, yeah, yeah. And make sure that's working. And then there's also resonators like in the back, like the crown of your head. So like the like I've done a lot of performing this week, sure. so I'm kind of dead and a lot of teaching. Um, but you can feel like your head vibrating and make sure that like everything's vibrating. Because if it's not, that's where your tuning mechanism is. It's not in your chest voice. Right. And most people, like I, I'm even talking now kind of in the vocal fry range, there's no tuning down there. This is just power. This is right. just volume. I'm still holding my head. I'm like, um, uh. <laughs> it might fall off. You're doing good. <laughs> so I make sure that all of these the all the stuff that needs to work for my mechanism is working just the same way that like you have to make sure you're in tune before you go on stage. Yes. You have to. I mean, you go on stage and then, then tune. Then you're like awkward in front of them. They're like, yeah. It's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. So I went up on stage and I was like, uh-uh. <clears throat> Hi. Hi. Hello. You know, like no one wants to hear that. Sure. That's or, a good point, actually. Yeah. I never thought of that. And I do. I need to spend time like with my band. Uh-huh. You know, same like if, if I was in a, like a, a musical, I need to like be with my castmates. I'd need to have that 
that energy already there so that we can feel vulnerable and yes. we can open up and I can throw my body around. You know, I can be in a safe space right. with them, yeah. So I'd like be close to them. Interesting. Never occurred to me to do all that. I should do that. <laughs> yeah. Or even just like say hey or like like a tap on the back, like, hey, got your back. You know, Adam does that. Got your back. And uh-huh. I'm like, well, you two are stupidly adorable. That's, I mean, Stop. you're like what Jim and Pam should have been. We can do another oh, hour on why yeah. I hate them, by the way. Uh, so I don't like, I've never, I've seen an episode of The Office, but I, I understand all of the talk about it because people have talked about it so much. So I've picked up it's a great that. show. It really is. I'm I hate Jim and Pam it. With, a, with a passion. <laughs> it's the most unrealistic couple that ever existed. And it was the standard of relationships forever. Right. I, I thought friends kind of messed up relationships for me too. A little bit. And well, and it set the standard for like what a friend is though too for me, which might have been a good thing. It might have been why I, I only have friends that are surface level friends though sure. because of friends. And I think Sex in the City messed up friendships for women. And yeah, I think a lot of those shows did. Yeah. Well, you only know what you watch and listen to, which is why I think it's interesting what people listen to now. When we grew up, Q101 told us, hey, you're going to listen to the Stone Temple Pilots now, and you're going to like them. Now you're going to listen to Lit. You're going to like them now. You're going to like them now. you're going to listen to Smash Mouth. Now you're going to listen to Lit. Like, and it was such a funneled way of of taking in information. The same with like Friends and like The Office. Like, oh, that was... NBC saying, this is what you enjoy now. And now yeah. there's so many different... Oh, did you see the Fire Festival documentary? Well, which one? You know, there's so many, right? <laughs> there's no... It's so difficult to get, like, off-the-grounding traction now because there's yeah. so many different outlets for it. Yeah. Um, I feel the same, like... So there's... Maybe, like... Maybe I haven't seen The Office because everyone was like talking about it right at the same like i haven't seen game of thrones you know like, the things that everyone are like have you seen this and i'm like no <laughs> and i think maybe now are you a contrarian yeah i'm like i'm like that with that. seinfeld but oh, oh okay. i've never seen seinfeld because people wouldn't <laughs> shut up about seinfeld wouldn't shut up about it right yeah and things like or i didn't i didn't see um avatar in theaters because oh and that's an all right one well miss. like all the upper middle class white people were talking about it and i was like <laughs> must it's- it's Pocahontas, it's Dances with Wolves. It's the same movie. It's and been I, remade a hundred times. Of course we watched it, and I was like, I would have loved to see this in theaters. Because 3D was pretty, was pretty I, bad. I would have loved to see it 3D, and yeah. I want to go to Disney, and I want to like be in Avatar World. I'm Actually, like, I want... You are? My niece and nephew have requested my presence to go to Disney, and they are finishing Star Wars World, and there's going to be two full-size AT-ATs. I don't know if you know what those are. AT-ATs? We have some assist by Adam. Right sure. Now. <laughs> um, the big dog things from oh, the beginning of Empire. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> the dog <laughs> mentioned a dog based thing. Things. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, those things. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yes. Wait, how old? How old are your niece and nephew? Three and five. Okay. Four and five. She just turned four. So you might have more fun there than them. Because we went. Oh, 100 percent. I we went, went a couple years ago for the first time. I, my first time. My my first time. I was 29 <laughs> at Disney. <laughs> no late bloomer. Um, and I had. A, I and we were there with our nephews. Yeah. I had so much more fun than they did. It's amazing. I couldn't stop moving. No. I was like, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, we gotta go, and this ride and that ride, and I cried on Space Mountain because my whole life I wanted to ride Space Mountain, and I was like. <laughs> <laughs> Did you buy the so picture? Fine. No. Did you cry on the ride or afterwards? <laughs> afterwards. Oh, after. Afterward. Be funny if you're bowling. Like, like... That was awesome. <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> it is fun. I like how there's no, like, there's no burnt out light bulb, 
What's the thing, Dave? There, you can't go further than like 20 feet without running into a garbage can or something like that? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like they figured everything <laughs> yeah, out. they figured it out. And they got those pineapple, like, stoly doly things. Like, Dole whip? Dole whip. Dole whip. Yeah. <laughs> That's a word. Mm. <laughs> no, stoly dolies is a capital grill. It's just pineapple infused booze. Mm. It's just one of them. You see your dead relatives. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have those at Disney. <laughs> Everybody... There wasn't. I was looking for booze. Yeah, and <laughs> of Disney? course, right? I was like, "There's got to be like a cantina somewhere, right?" Well, with Star Wars World now, oh yeah, there is a cantina. There is. Okay, so good. okay. I mean, there that only seems live. Although I went to Harry Potter World, that was in Universal, and they had uh, oh, I they have a bar it. there. Yeah, we didn't go with the Leaky Cauldron, or yeah, we didn't go in there. I got. A... I was too busy riding the rides. <laughs> How badass was it though? The one Amazing. in the castle where they put your face yes. on the. Th- yeah, and when and the one like the the roller like it's, it doesn't stop and you have to get on and you're facing out and the roller yes. the, and Hagrid comes out and you're playing Quidditch. I cried. I cried. <laughs> I don't, Noticing I, a theme with and, you. And and I just wanted to know what it was like to play Quidditch. Sure. And I wanted to meet Hagrid and he came out and like even the girl next to me, we both reached out. <laughs> We're like, hey, dude, I've always wanted to meet you. You know, it felt so good. <laughs> well, mission accomplished, yes. Universal Studios. Yep, they did it. Yeah. I think I'm going back. I would. I want to go to Simpsons World, too. Mm, I'm a mm. massive Simpsons fan. We could talk another four hours about that. Yeah, you and Adam could talk about that, too. We just pulled up, like, the 3D when Homer goes to New York or something. 3D or something. The 3D one when he goes into the wall? He goes into the wall. Yeah. It's like... And they can't get him out? Yeah. We that, was, that, that was a uh, Treehouse of Horror episode. Oh. Yeah, I'm not going to spare you with details here. I'll wait. <laughs> he'll, he'll geek out about it. Um, getting, getting back to Getting back to the, the back purpose of our um, Where can... So we've talked about the bands that you're in. Yeah. Where can we see you next? I, this episode will air in a, in a few weeks from now. So um, I guess we're looking at like summer festivals and stuff too. All, well, I mean, all around. Still in the, yeah, all of the above. So Motown does a fair amount of festivals not till like later in the summer uh and i'm filling in with boy band night here and there the country band i'm i do i have a lot of shows coming up with the country band and you're at, you're in river north a lot with we're in river north we're at the old crow in river north and then there's the old crow in wrigley like all the time like if oh, we're cool. ever at one if it's like friday i'm ever uh and i'm at river north i'm at wrigley on saturday or if it's vice versa oh cool so if i'm ever at one i'm all, and then we play bub city quite a bit but um the next when am I? What is it? May? Do you, do you ever reveal it's what day you record? almost May. No, I like talking about it because it the what it is outside in like it influences what what's going on with us right sure. now. Sure. Yeah, it's April twenty eighth. So we could talk about how it blizzarded. Oh yeah, blizzard. Okay, my chair's squeaking. Too. No, you're good. But yeah, it was snow yesterday. I was really I was pissed off. My next show <laughs> is May eighteenth with the Motown Nation at one fifteen Bourbon Street, <laughs> and we play. From um, oh, we're not sure. So so that band because we have um, I think it's fair to say an older fan base. Like when you're playing Motown music, yeah, we been we've been playing eight o'clock shows, right? That sounds amazing. Yeah, so we've done <laughs> it. Less 10. anxiety to build up for last two hours. time we did it at Bourbon. Uh, so we played from eight to ten, and then two white crew played from like ten forty five to close. Fun man was that fun. So I don't know if this next one's gonna be eight or ten, but like we play a fair amount of early shows. So like my parents can come out yeah. and stuff like that because my parents are like ten o'clock. I'm in. I'm already in bed. Yeah, you know. Yeah. I would love to be in bed. When are you playing at a normal time? I get. I get that. Or like, or like you know, festival. I will. Lo- I love like the three four p.m. slots because yes. then like 
everyone like with kids or or people out in the suburbs people can come out and see us yep. it's it's a normal time and if we're going to talk about favorite green rooms those are my oh, I, yeah. I meant to say that yeah festival green rooms are my favorite because you get to see everybody everybody in the summertime it's like oh you man like it's a, like ah oh, hustle this nine months man i haven't seen you and like yeah. and you and like if i have a two o'clock slot i'll hang yeah. Till 10 o'clock just to see my friends play. Yeah, even like the stage crew. Like, I love yeah, those guys. It, yeah. Even the stage crew. It's very chai bad, man. Like, we don't remember each other's names, but I know you. Yeah, I, know like, you for the, I know most of them, but they got new guys and stuff. But, uh, no, those are fun ones. Um, and then I post, I don't like advertising when I'm playing. It's a habit I have to get over. I just feel like, I don't know. I don't know. It's not pandering, but I feel yeah. like it's, it is. And I just got to get out of my own way with that. But my, I put, I'm launching my site soon. Um, it's not up yet, but uh, I have like a personal one where I'm going to put all the shows I'm playing. Cool. But for now, I just do everything through Instagram and I'm yeah. at Dave Ada. So D-A-V-E-A-D-A underscore. Because some other guy has it without the underscore and he never posts and I messaged him to try to get it and he's not letting me have it. So oh, I had to man. put an underscore after it. So <laughs> D-A-V-E-A-D-A underscore is my Instagram. So cool. that's where all my things are. And you put some funny things in your story. I so often. actively have tried to lose followers, and it's worked. The last I put a photo of me completing a crossword puzzle in my story, and I lost twenty four followers. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I was like, I was like, oh, I haven't done a crossword puzzle. Just, I used to do them all the time. There's the not much, many better feelings than finishing a Wednesday cross or two Wednesday because they when get progressively harder. harder. Yeah. Monday, it's like I'm doing it. Yeah, in pen, like, bitch. Like I got it. Uh, uh, Tuesday, you're like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday, I'm like, oh, I'm proud yeah. of those. So that's yeah. how I use social media, stupidly, because I don't have a big butt to put on mine, which is pretty much what they're all for, for the most <laughs> Belfies. part. Belfies. Yeah. Yeah. So I all put right. crossword puzzles on it. Well, next time you wear eyeliner, like. Yes, ma'am. Please. I have a photo. Fo- I can show you a photo. <laughs> but, uh, and I had tight pants on. That's par for the course these days. But yeah, yes, that's I will. so normal now. Yeah. Yeah. You feel safe. I get why, like people wear like compression pants and yoga pants like you guys it's like they're just you just feel safe everything's gonna be all right yeah actually i don't like anything on my like calves like if i'm running like when i'm i actually i don't really like anything on my arms Mm -hmm. and like chest i like to be like just like open and not feel like i'm choking that makes sense you perform in shorts and a skirt like in your respective band so um even my cheerleading thing like it comes up a little high and i want to get a new and i spent money on this one right and i but i want to get one that's like lower so i can breathe more sure um, that's just sure ramp up the flirtiness very good yeah (laughs) why not (laughs) why not not? i'm already in a cheerleading outfit might as well take play the part more clothes off it's not you it's a character it is tiffany oh yeah tiffany Tiffany wants a lower cut Top. Yep. Not you. It's not even a thing you would no, do. No, Tiffany does. Tiffany's like. Tiffany like requires it. We gotta talk to Tiffany. Yeah, we'll talk Tiffany to has friends. She's like, oh, it's good to see you. It's good to see you. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. 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 Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> like, like, anyway. Uh, we're gonna talk about when we can go see the movie. Um, we're gonna keep. You're gonna keep me updated so I can keep listeners updated because. Oh, for sure. You're such an interesting and wonderful person to watch on stage, and I think everyone should be jealous because they don't get to hang out with you. I agree. I agree. I'm not hard <laughs> to find. I usually sit at a Starbucks and build websites all day. So. 
That's, that's fun. All, yeah, that's all I do. It's at and on the weekends I play, so. Yeah. If I'm ever at a Starbucks or... I'm probably going to go to Swata after this because I'm never oh. down here, so. Oh, I love Swata. Yeah. Uh, any, any final words, final thoughts? No, no, this was fun. Cool. We'll do, it, we'll do a part two again sometime. This yeah, was fun. part two. Maybe, we'll, maybe through the summer we'll share times and a real one. Absolutely. I hope so. I like where your head's at. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Dave, Ada, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Frave out. And that was Dave Ada. Thank you again so much for coming and hanging out in the green room. And thank you for going to see the Avengers movie with me and Adam. That was a lot of fun. We talked about it in the green room and it happened in real life. Yay! Uh, thanks so much for that. Thank you to everyone at the Art Phoenix Podcast Network. Thank you to Isabella for being the wonderful producer that you are. Thank you to Adam Stein for the theme song that we're currently listening to. And remember, May 31st, come hang out with me. Come hang out with the Underbelly Hours. Come hang out with Wake and Jake and other Art Phoenix Podcasts. Network friends at the Underbelly Hours presents the Darling Sons, Free Equilibrium, and Captain Cooper Smith live at the Pheasant Run Resort in St. Charles, Illinois. Ticket links can be found on our Facebook event page. The show starts at 8 o'clock. I hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. Bye.